Perception, Perception is reality. Reality. Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome to this very special 167th episode of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. What makes this episode so special? Well, we have our co-host, Amber Green, back. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, she is with us, and we will be getting into some of the stories that we've talked about over the last several months in various episodes that have updates or that we need to offer a new type of point of view on because in the last several episodes that she's been gone from and during that three-week hiatus when we had the technical difficulties, we have had updates to stories that I feel like we probably should give you some information on. So we're going to be kind of using this as a catch-all. We're going to be talking about three different scenarios that have some updates, and we'll be getting into all of those in just a moment. As always, I want to remind you, the listeners, whether you're new or if you've been here for a long time, please share the show with everyone you know. Remind folks we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. All they need to do is search for us by name. Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. We should pull right up on literally every podcast hosting site out there. Or you can find us at the home link, perception.fireside.fm. Again, that is perception.fireside.fm. There you can find all newer episodes and the older back catalog as well. And as always, I will say please check out the live episodes along with all my written content on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bilberry318. You will not want to miss what we have there. All right, so in this episode... We're going to be talking about some follow-up information to three stories that Amber and I had talked about in older episodes that since some time has passed, we now have more information for you on. Those three stories and those three episodes that we're going to be talking to you uh, about are, in no particular order, the uh, Sheriff's Department pay issue. We had a great big episode where we talked about that, and I know a lot of people were very interested in that. So we're going to be giving you some follow-up on that a little bit later in the show. We're also going to be talking about Goods Candy Factory Chocolate Shop over in Anderson, Indiana. They had an unfortunate situation back uh, in the summer, and they have now sold, and we're going to be talking about that craziness in a little bit. And then we're also going to be talking about the vaccine mandates and where Amber and I are in all of that. We have a very busy episode planned with some great information for all of you. Please, please pass this on to everyone you know after you listen to it. That helps us out here. We thank you for giving us a little bit of your time. But right now, we are going to take a quick break so we can get one of those out of the way. And when we return, we can get into the thick of it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to this 100 167th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm Chris, she's Amber, and we'll be right back. This is Mission Control. The tallest, fastest, and longest steel coaster in Kings Island needs you. Must be able to handle a 300-foot drop and speeds up to 91 miles per hour while dodging meteors. No training required. Are you up for the challenge? Introducing Orion at Kings Island, one of only seven giga coasters in the world. Right now, get Kings Island admission, parking, and free drinks for just $49.99 online. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Episode 167. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey, and we are joined by none other than co-host Amber Green. It's great to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's good, good, good to have you. So there were some scheduling conflicts, and of course we had the three weeks of technical difficulty, and then when I got everything back, I recorded a show to tell everybody, hey, we didn't go anywhere, we're here, and I needed to get that pushed out right away, and so I apologize to you and to the listeners for just the craziness, but I think that we're back on track, and I think that we're good and and are going to be rolling right along, but to get kind of back on track, 
track. Instead of making this a real heavy first episode back with you, I thought it might be kind of fun to use this episode as a catch-all to talk about a couple topics that we have discussed from previous episodes where you and I had recorded as a team. You've been here for a while now, and we've covered a lot of different things. And in that time, and then of course with the little bit of a break that we had, there have been follow-up to uh, stories that we've talked about and various other issues that I thought, hey, maybe it would be fun to highlight these, to talk about what's going on now, or it, you know what our opinion is of the changes or the stories and where they stand now and our thoughts and opinions, and give the listeners a chance to take that ride with us, and maybe their opinions or thoughts have changed, and maybe they don't know about these issues, and this might be a fun way for us to get the ball rolling and get back at it before we just jump into the craziness. So first and foremost, one of the things that I want to talk about, and I know I said I don't want to do anything real heavy, and I promise as soon as I say this, everybody's going to be like, well, God, there's nothing much heavier, but just just wait because we're just talking about this just to kind of get into things because there has definitely been some change to this story since she and I last spoke about this. So I might as well just come out with it, the vaccine and the vaccine mandates, Joe Biden's announcement that he made about a week, week and a half ago. I just want to just pick your brain on this just for a second, because this is a pretty big thing. Uh, you know, Joe Biden, President Biden saying that he wants to have these vaccine mandates for companies and that's a pretty big thing. It doesn't matter what your opinion is one way or another. Everybody has an opinion. So first off, I'll ask, Amber, are you vaccinated? No, I'm not. I probably should have asked you ahead of time if you wanted to broadcast that out in the world to everybody. <laughs> um, but I, I will go out there with you. I am also not vaccinated. But now I need to say it's not because I have some kind of crazy hardcore stance against any of this or I buy into this or that conspiracy theory. It's simply because I'm a hypochondriac and I weird out about regular medicine medical procedures, seeing the doctor, going to the doctor, going to the hospital. I'm not a fan of any of it. I'm not a fan of getting shots when they are regular shots that have been around for a hundred billion million years. And so it's not because I have some kind of crazy political stance on this. Matter of fact, I will say if you think that you need to be vaccinated, get vaccinated. I am not 100% against getting vaccinated. Matter of fact, I am thinking about that now, thinking about what I want to do. I am talking to my medical people about this. I'm talking about folks that I trust in the medical field about this, and I'm doing research, and I'm getting ready to make a final decision one way or another here very soon. But... It's not because of some political stance. It's just because I'm kind of a weirdo to begin with. Now, when I say that, I am also being very careful. I wash my hands. I am cautious. I am very clean, and I'm very OCD. I normally do social distancing. I am taking that to an extreme now. I wear a mask. You know, I am in the group of people that believe a little bit of all of it. Yes, I believe that COVID is serious. No, I do not think that it's made by the government to get us in control. Yes, I believe that... Mandating people to do things are not necessarily a good idea, but I also believe that people shouldn't be idiots and people should talk about this with their doctors, do research, pray about it, do whatever you do, and then make a seriously wise decision based on as much information as you possibly can be. Something that I talk about here all the time, getting educated, that's very important. It's not important to get active before getting educated because sometimes you can make seriously messed up decisions. It's always important to get educated first, and I feel like that's the same here with this. So I'm currently in that process, and I'm going to be making a decision soon, but 
I'm currently not vaccinated and, you know, I respect people's opinion one way or another on that. So with that out of the way, let me ask you, where do you stand on the whole mandating issue? Biden's statement that he wanted companies to mandate that their employees needed to get the jab, needed to take the vaccine if they were a certain size. What is your thoughts on that? I think it's absolute garbage. Especially when it comes to businesses, like mandating businesses to do one thing or the other right. for their employees is absolute bullshit. There's there's no, I'm sorry if you're offended by that, but there's no polite way to put that statement. You are, you are taking away the rights of individuals by taking away the rights of employers, private employers. Well, yeah, one of the biggest things that I have an issue with is all of the cluster over all of this vaccine that we seem to be having now is all because of politics in the first place. Because if you remember back before the election, back in September and October of last year, when we still had candidate Biden and President Trump, who was also running for re-election, uh, out and about in the world, you had Kamala Harris and and candidate Biden saying, if Donald Trump wins, do not line up to take this vaccine. I won't be first in line. Would you be first in line? And they're they're telling everybody to be, you know cautious of this vaccine and then of course they win well, and they also said there would be no mandates too sure yeah that's that's the thing then when when they take office it's it's they flip the script and and we must take this but even during that time fauci was saying there's no way we could mandate this and president biden at that time was saying you know that would never be mandated that's not something that we could enforce how could we possibly enforce this and then now here we are a year out from that, nine months out from him taking office, and he's wanting to mandate, uh, you know, folks, like you said, private businesses to mandate their employees to do this, and it just seems so, um, so crazy. You know, it, it's not lost on me that there are different variants and that maybe the first round of COVID didn't seem so negative for uh, folks, uh, you know, our age. And this new variant seems a little bit more serious for folks our age. You know, I understand that. I, that's not lost on me. And I, I will be very honest. I'm very conflicted right now about what to do. Um, personally, I... Uh, I, matter of fact, I had a, um, an appointment to go get vaccinated, uh, on Monday of this week and I was dealing with my grandparents and, and missed it. And, you know, then I was like, man, did I, did that happen for a reason? Did I, did I miss this? And was, you know, I'm just having a major struggle internally on whether or not I want to, uh, get vaccinated or not get vaccinated. And look, it's not because, I feel that Biden is trying to force me to get vaccinated. I'm having a struggle with this just because I struggle with all medical things like this. I am a hypochondriac, like I stated. I've said that many times. I struggle with going to the doctor. I struggle with going to the eye doctor. I don't like going to the eye doctor to get my glasses. I don't like getting my blood drawn. I don't like things that I have to do for kidney stones that I have been through a hundred times and realize that it's not going to get me. It's not going to kill me. It's just something that I deal with. So that that's where I come at this from. It's not a political issue or something like that. Now, you get into the mandate, and I start to have some issues with that. That being said, I'm not against individual folks wanting to get the vaccine or thinking they need to get the vaccine or other people thinking they need to get the vaccine, but it has to be a decision that you make with you, your healthcare provider, your family, and those around you. Now, I think one of the things that's tough for me and for others is we're doing this in real time. So when I go to the doctor that I hate doing and the doctor's like, okay, you've got this 
thing going on. We want to give you this. And I'm like, oh, my God. And they're like, dude, it's been around 100 years. Relax. I'm like, okay. But with COVID, there's no long-term studies with COVID. There's no long-term studies with what any of these vaccines can do to us down the road. There's no long-term studies on what COVID can do to us down the road. And I understand that that falls in both ways, but none of that is good for someone that deals with the issues that I deal with, the level of anxiety that I have from being a hypochondriac. And I know some people laugh about that, and like I laugh about it in, in some aspects, but it can be debilitating. And this is one of those ways, you know, I look at both sides of this argument and I'm like, damn, I'm just really, really stuck on what to do here. And, and it's, it's tough. Whichever way you choose to go, none of the decisions seem to be easy. In my opinion, I'm not holding off on getting this because I think that's easy. That's a struggle for me as well. So I was just interested, uh, you know, in what your opinion is. And for the folks that are listening, I'm of the opinion that you need to research everything that you can. Uh, you need to talk to your doctor. You need to talk to your family members. And you need to do what's best for you. If that's getting the vaccine, then get the vaccine. If that's holding off and wearing a mask and washing your hands, then do that. If you think that you don't need to do any of that, then then do what you think is right for you. But I will tell you, I've been a couple places in line and I still do my very best to social distance and whatnot. And I'm like, man, I, those people over there are coughing and I can like feel them coughing on me. And uh, man, I tell you, I, I hate that. I hate feeling like that. It's, it's, it's very concerning. I mean, you know, I, they, they've come out here recently and said that at Ball Hospital in the last, I think, three weeks, two or three perfectly healthy, otherwise 30-year-olds have died because of this Delta variant. And so, you know, that is concerning. I, matter of fact, I, I know someone who is currently in the hospital uh, on BiPAP, and that's the next step before getting ventilated. And that's that's very concerning to me. And that person's only in, in their 30s, you know, mid-late 30s, and, and seems to be otherwise healthy. So that it, it is it is concerning. But I have also heard from folks at the state health department level and folks in the medical business that we should be hitting our peak of the Delta variant sometime at the first or middle of October. So hopefully that will start to wind down. But then it's like, what's next, you know? It'll be interesting to see what happens there. All right. Well, moving away from that wonderful topic, we'll move into something a little bit more light and sweet and misogynistic. Several episodes back, we covered a very strange story of a gentleman who was the owner of a candy shop, a chocolate shop, over in our sister city of Anderson, in Anderson, Indiana, and he decided to completely blow up his career and his livelihood by creating this very crazy help wanted post on social media and it became a meme and it went viral at least locally here and everybody talked about it for several weeks and it made the news in various news sites and I saw it on some meme sites on the internet and it, it seemed to really make its rounds now there is an exciting new chapter to this story and i figured that we could talk about that and update everybody on the saga of mr randy good and his misogynistic chocolate factory so just for a quick recap there was a gentleman randy good he was the owner and operator of goods chocolate factory over in Anderson, not to be confused with the other goods candy chocolate factory in Henry County. They're two different businesses, so do not confuse them. But Mr. Randy Good needed some help, and he decided to put out a help wanted post on social media. And when I first read this, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This has got to be a joke. What's going on here? Because it was horrible 
from word go. You know, it just seemed like this was going to be something that was... Honestly, I thought it would be a bigger deal than what it was. It kind of took off and it burned hot and fast, but I think it burnt too quickly because it burnt out and it, it lost steam. I kind of thought it would be a bigger deal than what it was, but it was a big deal for some time. Big enough that we did a show on it and it it made several amazing memes, but this guy basically was down-talking women and what he considered to be traits of women or young girls and he just really showed himself to be a misogynistic asshole and what this did was basically went from Randy needing some help to Randy deciding to put his business up for sale and it became a whole big thing. Now actually when he finally put his business up for sale I thought wait a minute did he do this just to drum up a little bit of buzz? You know, the old adage, there is no such thing as bad publicity. I kind of thought that maybe that's what he was doing, trying to just create a little bit of publicity so it might be easier for him to sell this store so people would be able to find the name and think, hey, maybe I want to buy this. I don't know what I was thinking because... That would be a horrible way to do this, in my opinion. But, hey, it's 2021. You never know. So as the days turned into weeks and the weeks turned into months, and he appeared as though he wasn't really interested in selling this because he never listed it with a realtor, and he really took some very bizarre steps to try to sell it. Basically, he just posted it on social media, and he left an email and said, hey, if you're somebody that's interested, email me an offer, and we'll talk about it. Just very kind of bizarre. And I actually got to the point where I thought, meh, maybe this was just something to save face, and after a while, he'll just go back to being normal, and everybody will have forgotten about this. But, oh no, oh no, here just within the last couple days, we learn that Mr. Randy Good sold or is in the process of selling his chocolate factory to a company out of Missouri. And the name of that company is none other than Uranus Fudge Factory. <laughs> so it's for real. They apparently bought this or are in the process of buying this shop from Mr. Randy Good. And when I first asked you, you said you thought it was a joke. Oh, I did. Like the the amount of puns, you know, I mean, the, the name in and of itself is a pun, but the amount of puns in the description when I saw the post that said Goods has been bought, I thought for sure this was Randy Good making up a company, making up a URL, keeping it up long enough to have this fake website. Like, I, I thought for sure it was just more of his shenanigans. Well, that's that's the thing. It's it's not just the journalist or whoever wrote the post that, that was making those puns. Uh, the owners of Uranus Fudge Factory uses those puns in their advertisement. Um you know, one of the first things when you click on their website says, Welcome to Uranus. The best fudge comes from Uranus. Explore Uranus in 90 seconds. And when you click on their, their website and their social media, you know, they very much play up on those those memes and, and, and those, you know, puns. Matter of fact, when you go down to their items for sale, they've got gifts and apparel. You know, one of the first things that I see is the fudge packer favorites, a taste of Uranus probe Uranus package. Oh Ur my God. <laughs> Uranus fudge factory t-shirt fudge packer mug. Quick I mean, picks I, in I Uranus. Love, I love the commitment to the branding. I really do. <laughs> like, as and a business not, owner, yeah, what you know, it's. I mean, they are all in with the branding, and I think that's great. Um, you can't, you can't forget it. Like when you have that many like one-liners that go along with your brand, people are not going to forget it. Oh yeah, no, that's and, absolutely true. 
I think I read that at the the original location, I mean, who knows if they'll do this here because it says they're going to be doing remodeling and blah, blah, blah. But at the original location, it says enter through the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So, <laughs> Which, I mean, like, well, I, I really have to get on board with it. And it's it's got to be a step up from Randy Good. That's the thing. No matter how horrible people might feel with all of that and whether you think it's in poor taste or not i mean right there i think is probably another pun i could probably go with who knows if uranus is in poor taste or not but uh, um i would say looking down through their um their reviews you know it seems like most people uh, kind of get the joke and are in on it. I mean, they, they've got a bunch of uh, five-star reviews. It says, best store experience, the quality of their products, and customer service is fantastic. Definitely recommended the fudge and any other gifts from Uranus. So one of the things here it seems like is they have a good relationship with their employees and their, their customers, which maybe seems as though Randy Good. Uh, didn't have that, you know, and, and I know that it was just this quick little incident that he had that brought him into all of our, you know, the, into our awareness. But maybe it seems like from folks that he had had issues for years where it seems like these people are really liked by by people. They say another person says fun place, a little bit of everything, get fudge, you will die laughing, worth a detour if you're anywhere close. Uh, another person says, five stars, I got fudge in Uranus, my kids and I had fun with Uranus, Uranus has a wide selection of gifts, <laughs> Uranus is the best shop on Route 66, Uranus gets five stars for fun experience. There was only one person on here who gave them a one star uh, review and it says you should be ashamed Uranus isn't pronounced that way you need to get your perverted minds out of the gutter and change the name <laughs> oh there's so, always going to be that one person right right but I guarantee you whoever that is has chocolate on their fingers as they're typing that review <laughs> absolutely so hopefully uh, they will bring this same kind of uh, fun atmosphere to the Anderson store and they will be able to, um, you know, pick this up and, and, and do better in that area. And, and, uh, if you're listening to this, I would definitely check all of that out. I will put uh, a link to the, uh, Uranus fudge factory in the description of this episode. And we'll have to follow up once they take over. And if they change the name and do anything there, We'll have to uh, follow up with all of that. All right, look at the time. We need to take a quick break, but when we return, we will get to the biggest story of this episode and the story that I know a lot of people are going to be interested in, and that is a follow-up, an update to the pay issue that our Delaware County, Indiana sheriff's deputies and correctional officers have been facing. What happened there? Did they get a pay increase? Are they getting a pay increase? Are they not getting a pay increase? And how should we, as the citizens of Delaware County, Indiana, feel about this? Do we have any elected officials that we should be looking at changing during the next election cycle? And let me say, if you do not live in Delaware County, Indiana. Don't just turn this off right now. Listen to what we have to say because I guarantee you, you are either facing something very similar to this in your neck of the woods right now or you will be or you have in the past. And this doesn't just have to be about the Sheriff's Department pay. We're going to be talking about what happens when elected officials don't do the will of the citizens that they are supposed to be serving. Remember, we are the bosses. So stay right there. We'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Perception is Reality. She's Amber. I'm Chris. And you're amazing. We'll be right back. Who here is looking for horrible coffee? Anybody? You over there? No, I didn't think so. I'm not. And I didn't think you were either. 
If you're looking for coffee perfection, then you need to give my friends at Bean Fruit Coffee Company a try. And you can find them right now online at beanfruit.com. Folks, they are striving for coffee perfection, and aren't we all? Since 2010, they have meticulously selected and roasted the highest quality coffees from around the globe. They believe that a great cup of coffee is no accident. It is a process, one in which they have spent countless hours perfecting. You need this coffee in a cup near you, and you can get it there right now. All you have to do is visit Bean Fruit Coffee Company at beanfruit.com. Do it today. All right, folks, we are back at it. Episode 167. Amber and I are going to be spending the rest of this episode talking about what happened with the ongoing issue of the Delaware County, Indiana Sheriff's deputies, the corrections officers and the 911 dispatchers and their fight for more money. Did the... Delaware County Council, Delaware County Commissioners step up and do the right thing, or did they fold? And now, while I have to admit, as of the recording of this interview, there's still a slight chance that something might happen and the right thing could occur, I'm having less faith that the commissioners or the council are going to be doing the right thing in this situation. So time will tell, and we will update this situation again in the next couple of episodes. But as of right now, I don't have a whole lot of faith, and I just want to get into this and let you guys know kind of where we stand since we recorded that episode back in July. So just to recap a little bit, the Delaware County Commissioners and the Delaware County Council were coming into the budget season, and they would be sitting down and looking at what each department in the county government would need over the next year. And over this last year, 2021, the sheriff and his deputies have been raising the alarm about their pay and their pay being very low in comparison with several, several other counties and other policing agencies in Indiana. And they've been raising the alarm saying, look, a lot of our guys are quitting and going to other agencies that pay more and or they're quitting and going to other jobs outside of law enforcement because they simply can't pay their bills and raise a family with what we have to offer them and we're losing a lot of good talent and it's really causing some serious safety concerns both on the road and in the jail and the commissioners and the council had a serious job, a tough job, and I understand it wasn't going to be fun and it wasn't going to be easy and it was going to be tough. But there were a couple different things that could be done. They could either sit down and crunch numbers and use some of the ARP, the American Rescue Plan uh, Fund money uh, to put in other places where they could then free up money to give raises to the sheriff's department, to the corrections officers, and, and, and also possibly to 911. All of these things needed to be addressed, um, and they were going to be uh, holding a couple meetings, and there, there was going to be a, uh, a, not a protest, but rather a, uh, a show of support for the sheriff's department. Of course, that went off, and, and there were a lot of people that went there in, sh- show, in, in show of support for the sheriff's department. Um, but since we recorded that episode, um, I'm very disappointed in the Delaware County elected officials, that being the three commissioners, James King, Shannon Henry, and Sherry Riggin. Um, two of those commissioners being law enforcement officers, so that's very bothersome to me. And then the seven Delaware County uh, county council members. Now, one of those seven members has stated um, emphatically that he has been in support of helping the sheriff's department in whatever way he could. That was Ryan Webb. 
But from the other six officials, yes, they said they wanted to do something, but then nothing really uh, ever materialized. And, and matter of fact, they were fighting against various things. And that being Ryan Ballard, Ron Quakenbush, Mary Chambers, Jane Lassiter, Scott Alexander, Jessica Piper. You know, these officials from Delaware County really missed an opportunity. I think they're going to be voting uh, in just a couple days from the recording of this episode uh, to basically give a thousand dollar raise across the board to all employees. They keep getting stuck on this thing that if they give the sheriff's deputies raises, well, then they need to give, you know, the secretary in the auditor's office a raise. And I, you know, I'm sorry, but that's how we get in this spot and you make it to where we're going to run into a very serious situation um, because, you know, our sheriff's deputies and the corrections officers are, are going to go elsewhere. And we have a jail uh, right now that is out of control. We should never have entered into this agreement to, to put the jail where the jail is. Of course, that was another cluster of the commissioners. And, you know, that's another con another topic for another time. Uh, but you know, what's your thought on what's happened? I mean, basically they, they stepped up and they, they, you know, it was a swing and a miss. They didn't do what they needed to do. And the sheriff's deputies and the corrections officers are not going to be taken care of by the elected officials. Um, I wish I could say that I'm surprised, but, um, when they were as, and by they, I mean all of them except Ryan Webb. When they were as silent as they were when this first got brought up, when it was first presented on social media by the county, I knew then that they would not do the right thing. Because right. silence in that kind of arena is nine times out of 10 compliance. Well, absolutely. And one of the things that, that I have the biggest issue with is the president of the council, Scott Alexander, you know, seemed to be perturbed at the sheriff because the sheriff had uh, started notifying people, you know, in the, in the community and his, his deputies, uh, started, you know, talking about this and people started becoming aware of this and a social media campaign started. We did an episode. I talked about it in a couple lives and people were watching and, and there was a lot of people who didn't know about this, who then became aware of this. There were a lot of people changing their Facebook profiles to the, uh, sheriff's department star and it says like we should support you know pay increases for the deputies or, or you know what whatever it said with all of that that this social media campaign started and one of the things that the president of the council stated back during the July meeting that we were talking about in the last episode that we did on this um, was that he was you know disappointed by things that he was, he was seeing on social media. And, you know, he, listen, he'll say, I'm sure that he didn't say this directly to the sheriff, but in my opinion, from watching and listening to what was said, the president of the council was speaking directly to the sheriff when he was giving a warning, you know, to be careful about taking this to social media because, you know, that's not, you know, there's a lot of mistruths out there. And, you know, that's what I was thinking. Well, wait a minute. That's where you come in and you, you, you know, you show your hand and you show the citizens what you're doing. Their meetings are their, their budget meetings where they talked about all of this was not recorded. They did not live stream these meetings. They did not have these meetings at a time that was conducive to citizens attending. You know, like, for example, over the next couple of weeks, the Muncie City Council are going to hold three budget meetings where they're going to discuss the entire budget for the city of Muncie. And the city of Muncie's budget is larger than the county's budget, so there's more to discuss. 
That being said, all three of those budget meetings are going to happen in the evening when the majority of people can attend. I guarantee you they will be live streamed on the city's social media pages. And they're going to have citizen participation in those meetings. And each of the meetings are going to be maybe a couple of hours long. The county's budget meeting started at like 7 a.m. on a Tuesday and ran for 12 hours in one day. And they didn't live stream it. They didn't record it. And, you know, who in the hell can attend? You know, most people are working. You work on Tuesdays. Most people are working a job that they cannot attend a 12-hour meeting to, to listen or participate in this. And that's exactly how... The county wants it. They want people to not see what's going on. Well, and my my opinion, I I agree with everything you just said there. I was not aware of the the be careful on social media mm -hmm. comment. Um, but as far as elected officials are concerned, and I mean this across the board, I mean from the federal government at the very, very top to the smallest town governments, I mean, you know, town councils that consist of two or three people. Um, whenever an elected official says, be careful going public with this, be careful going to social media, what I think they really mean is be careful exposing my secrets. Yes, exactly. And if, if Scott Alexander hears this and he's offended, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't really care. Right, right. <laughs> because what, what you need to understand as a county council is that Sheriff Skinner is elected just as much as every single one of you. Yes. And if you are willing to shake his hand or any of his officer's hands or any of their family or friend's hands and say, nice to see you, friend. How you been? But you're not willing to fight for their raise, then stop shaking their damn hand and walk away. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. I, and, and, and so many people won't say that, but I am so incredibly tired of the two-faced, backhanded bullshit in government. <laughs> That's, because it's yeah. like it, if you are friends with somebody if you are truly friends with that person you are willing to fight for them all right you are willing to fight for them to have more than fifty thousand dollars a year to potentially take a bullet for you and your family right and and uh just $1,000 across the board, like, I'm, that, is, that is laughable. Like, congratulations, here's less than $100 a month. Right. Basically, we gave you a dinner at Amazing Joe's once a month as your raise. <laughs> like, what a fucking joke. Right. Get out of here. Yeah, absolutely. I'd rather you just say we're doing nothing than say that. Sure. Th right, right. We are so strapped that we can, I mean, right, because it, it, it is nothing. And so, you know, if, if the county is that strapped, then they might as well take that and, and apply that to something else. Here's what's most concerning about all of this is the county government back during the first couple months of 2021 received somewhere between 20 and 30 million dollars from the federal government in ARP, American Rescue Plan money, due to COVID, due to tax rate loss and all of that, which would go to help the county pay for things over 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, and that would help supplement the county where they had shortfalls. And if the county would look at this the same way that other governments are doing, other towns, other cities, other counties, they could utilize this money to help in this situation, not necessarily to go to salaries or raises, but they could take ARP money and pay for other things within county budget and then reallocate money from those other areas to the sheriff's department. But in the Delaware County Commissioner's infinite wisdom, they have decided to not be very on the ball with what's going on. They've not been very open or honest or transparent about any of this. And we have been 
kind of sitting blindly for the last several, several, several months wondering what's going to happen here. But one thing I can tell you that's not going to happen is that money is going to be utilized in any kind of way where other money can be freed up to help the sheriff's department. And look, I understand that would take a lot of hard work. It would take the commissioners and the county council sitting down and crunching numbers and doing some serious work. And it would be things that might not necessarily be pleasant. But that's what these folks are elected for. They are elected to do the serious work when it gets down to crunch time and when it's getting ready to hit the fan, they're supposed to be buckling down and doing the work that needs to be done, not taking the easy road out of Troublesville and just saying, okay, well, you know, glad I didn't have to do anything tough there or didn't have to break a nail there or sweat or get a headache. You know, we want to make sure that Scott Alexander doesn't have any kind of headache, you know, but that's why that's not happening because our current county officials are not capable of sitting down and doing what is needed of them. And that's why they must go. I mean, really, I want to know what these current elected officials are going to do when we have to pull deputies off the road to work the jail, or we have to close the jail down and send people to other areas and work on a very bare bone staff because we just don't have corrections officers and we don't have deputies. I mean, I heard, I heard someone in county government who's just an employee tell uh, Councillor Ryan Webb that there is no plan to shut the jail down. Well, of course there's not a plan to shut the jail down. Nobody would want to do that. No one would plan for that. But what happens... When you have five corrections officers working, what happens when we get into a spot where more people quit or go elsewhere than we are hiring? And don't act like what I'm saying here is crazy. All you have to do is look at Flint, Michigan to see a very serious emergent type situation. And let's be honest, that didn't happen overnight in the blink of an eye. It happened over a very long and drawn out time period. There is an amazing and very scary documentary on Netflix called Flint Town that I think everybody, specifically our elected officials in Delaware County, should watch. And it it covers the crisis that the Flint Police Department and that the city of Flint, Michigan now faces because their police department is much less than it should be, that they have way fewer people on the road than they actually need. This is something that can absolutely for real, happen here. It happened in Flint. It's happened in other places. And all you have to do is watch the Flint Town documentary. It's on Netflix. And and you will be scared shitless. Because I, I watched that. And at the time, I was like, how could this happen? How could the people watch what was happening and not stand up to demand and to make the changes that were needed to stop that from happening? I was like, that could never happen around here. And now, while I'm sitting in this chair, talking in this microphone to you, the listener, I can say I absolutely know how Flint, Michigan's issue with their law enforcement happened because I'm seeing it happen right here in Muncie, Delaware County, Indiana. And it's very scary. If you want a look at what we could be looking at, Take a look at that documentary on Netflix. I just don't understand how we have a government that is apparently so, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you do more of a deep dive into the numbers than I do, but how do we have a government that is so bad at budgeting money that we have people working at fast food joints that are making more than our cops and how is anyone i've seen i've seen all the commentary from muncie muncie got their arp you know the the number of how many dollars they were going to receive and they quickly put out 
what it was, how the breakdown was going to be spent. And I saw tons of interaction on that. You know, people agreeing, people disagreeing. Either way, I saw a lot of interaction with how the, the city was going to spend that money. Yeah. Why are residents of the county not absolutely freaking infuriated that three people are controlling the county's ARP funds? Right. Three. Three people who, one, can't even put a freaking sentence together to sound like he's even halfway <laughs> educated. Like, don't even get me stuck. I've seen you the other day. Like, no, no. Oh, my God. And even if even if they were the most the three most intelligent well-educated kind thoughtful hard-working people in our community it still shouldn't be okay that only three of them are making that decision yeah i don't right. care if they are the three best citizens in the entire county right three people should not be making that decision right by themselves well and when you're and saying three when you're saying three people i want to make sure that the the listeners are aware i really mean two there's really two because all it takes is two to make something happen yeah and we all know how that works it's male number one male number two and female number three follows suit <laughs> right that's exactly right which I, just makes me mad for for women sure so that's a whole other story too no but, you're, you're you're right you're that's exactly right it, it is something that people just need to know and that it's the way that it is and i want to be very clear here this is happening because our current elected officials the county council and the county commissioners have dropped the ball but we can't just blame those elected officials. We must blame ourselves. We must turn that inward and blame ourselves. They've dropped the ball, but we, the citizenry, the electorate, have dropped the ball as well. This is what we have allowed to happen. When we continue to elect the same old people, the same people who were currently in office last time, so we should just go ahead and elect them this time, this is what happens. When we, as voters, don't run better candidates, when we don't support better candidates, when we don't research the candidates, when we don't do our homework, when we don't get educated, and we go out and we just vote for the same old, same old, then this is what we end up with. And the problem is things like this always occur at the wrong time because people, people have a very short memory when it comes to things like this, or they're so apathetic they just don't care by the time the election gets here. See, this didn't happen at the right time because there's no election this year. We don't have an election coming up here in a couple months. So by the time that an election does roll around next year, next May and next November for the state of Indiana, then that means people will have forgotten this by that time. And that's what always seems to happen. These things happen at the wrong time. Because let me be very clear, some of these people making these decisions will be on the line in just a few short months next year. In May, you will be able to vote in a primary where some of these elected officials will be on the ballot, and hopefully there will be challengers running against them. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see, and I hope that people file to run against these people. And when they file, I hope that people support the candidates that they have researched and have been educated about and do not just continue to elect the same old, same old that's been in office because, hey, that's a name that sounds familiar. That's tried and true. You know, that's how we wind up in this situation. And people just never seem to remember that until the next crisis when someone gets all pissed off and they're like, wait a minute, why do we keep electing these same people? And this same thing happens. So next year, when some of these current elected officials have their asses on the line, we need to send them packing. But in order to do that, we'll have to remember this. We won't be able to do any better if we forget this like we always seem to do. You're making a really valid point because it always takes something like this where you get more people involved than usual because a lot of people in this county either know love or are related to a county sheriff yeah so you get these people 
and they're like, oh, this makes me mad. I'm going to vote differently. Okay, well, maybe you should have before the last election. Yes, right. <laughs> Just saying. Right, absolutely. Like, yeah, that's very true. Well, and the thing is, unfortunately, and what I hate, and it always seems to happen, is this happened just a little too early because had this been happening in December, had this happened in January, we would be just a couple months out from a primary election. We would be just a couple months out from the November election. But because this happened in March and July and in September of 2021, and there's no election this year, you know, I'll do my best. You'll do your best. The people out here that, that are involved will do our best to continue to keep people fired up. But everybody has such a short-term mind with this stuff that by the time it comes around, most people will have forgotten. Most people won't care. Now, what I'm afraid of is we're in a situation that is just too serious and that it's going to keep spiraling out of control until something really serious happens, even more serious than what we're currently seeing, and that something tragic happens in some form, one way or another, and that happens to butt up against an election, which will then make people be upset and enraged, and they will get educated and get active because it will just keep spiraling out until something happens. And being that we're just a couple of months away from next year, and then that means we're five months until the primary and 11 months until the general election in November, that something will cause people to, to take action. But I don't want that to happen because that would mean something wasn't safe or something wasn't good for our sheriff's deputies or for the corrections officers. And I don't want anything like that to happen, but that is what we're dealing with. We are dealing with some of this that is really serious and could be life and death. This is not just at this point political posturing or just bloviating. It's really seriously a dangerous situation which could spiral wildly out of control if something doesn't happen. And not because anybody wants that, but what happens? What happens if we lose more corrections officers or more deputies than we hire on. What happens? We're in a situation where the people who are left behind are working in very dangerous situations with no backup and, and support that is quite a ways out. And that's very scary. I mean, my thoughts and prayers are with everyone, and I hope that that doesn't happen. I mean, I would like the electorate to just do what they have to do without having a crisis have to happen, without having to be affected by something, without people having to be enraged because X, Y, or Z went wrong, but people seem to never want that to happen. They, they, they must be enraged before they act. Here's an example of of how it's not even really affecting people. You see the comment made by one of the commissioners on a, on a public Facebook post about how he's mad that one of his officers had to go outside of their jurisdiction to assist with the county. Right. And instead of taking that as an opportunity to think, oh, well, maybe it's because the county's freaking swamped and they can't even take all of the calls that they get, much less have a good response time for them. His solution is, well, what if we just stopped helping? What would happen then? Well, you'd look like an asshole even more than right. you already do. That's what would happen. Right, right. Like, congratulations. You thought of something that no one had ever thought of. Way to be inventive. <laughs> like, he, that, that comment is only proving the point of the issue that the county sheriff's department is currently facing. And instead of having proactive elected officials, you have people that want to be petty and comment shit like that on Facebook. Well, and the reason that the reason that, that he commented that is because 
all of this ordeal is causing him to have blowback, and he's currently not the beloved county commissioner that he feels that he should be, and that people have given him a pass on all of the other dumb shit that he's done in his political career. I'm going to take a step out you know, on a limb here and say what I've said a hundred thousand times before. This man should not be a county commissioner. When he was county council member, he should not have been a county council member, and he should not be the chief of a police department. He does not have the wherewithal to be in any of those positions, but he is in all of those positions, not because of some political prowess that he has or because of some, you know, amazing genius that he he shows, you know, the the citizens, but because of sheer dumb luck. And this is why if people would just keep this kind of crap in their mind and see how upsetting this is and keep this ball going that just in a few short months they can make a difference. You know, we could elect people that that matter, but in order to do that, People have to file to run for office, and in order to do that, people have to be involved and they have to vote, you know, but it's, it's just this whole big long thing of things that we need to do, and, and what kills me is, look, we have to start sometime, and there's no time better than right now, because every crisis that we have, everyone's like, damn, well, we should have done something before now, and it's like, well, okay, but, you know, you, you know. You've got to start doing things right now. Right now is when we start planning to stop the next crazy ass thing that happens. And we, you know, it just, it's going to, it's going to reflect on the citizens, in my opinion, more than it does everybody else. And that's, that's giving a lot of shit to the people who might even be listening to this. And I apologize, but look, we can't blame these elected officials without blaming ourselves. And I throw myself in that mix, too, because, you know, I need to be doing more to get people to pay attention to what's going on. I agree. I feel like if this does not go the way of a substantial raise for the sheriff's department, I don't feel like this is going to be one of those times where people just forget because I don't feel like that's I don't feel like it's going to be an option. I think they will. They will try, and I don't mean that on purpose, but that's just how people work. Sure. Um, but there's no way the county is going to be able to keep an even moderately high retention if every surrounding department is within Delaware County and within the neighboring counties is consistently getting raises while they're consistently staying stagnant in their salaries. Right. There's, there's just, I mean, and you can't, like, it's frustrating, but you can't blame those people either. Right. You know, like. You're right. You're absolutely right. And look, I, I also want to say this because I feel like it's important that people are aware. There was a Hail Mary pass that could have possibly been made here. And, and I, I definitely want to get this out there so people Right now, we're talking about everyone in Delaware County. That means people in the city, people outside the city, people in Albany, Yorktown, everywhere in the county need needs to understand what we're talking about. And if you're listening to this from outside of Indiana or from outside of Delaware County, these same things apply where you are, too. Whether it's this doesn't necessarily affect you, you will deal with stuff like this at some point in the future if you're not already. But I want to be very clear here. There was a Hail Mary that could have been thrown where the city government could have stepped up and done something. But I think that that's going to be hampered because what we saw here is a real crisis point where the sheriff's department is currently at. And unfortunately what happens is others then start to see that and they think, well, wait a minute, if this entity is saying they need money. Well, we need money too. And so what's happened is, in my opinion, the city police department and some aspects of the city fire department has said, wait a minute, we could also get money from this too. And what's bothersome to me for that is both of those entities were just in union negotiations. And 
now what they've done is they've put themselves and and put this in a position where the city government almost will absolutely not be able to do what they could have done, and this is now a done issue. This all needs to be handled before October 31st, and I just don't see that happening. I don't see it happening from the county, and the Hail Mary that the city could have done, I don't see that happening either. We'll see. We'll see. Yes, we will. Well, Amber, it was a pleasure having you back, having the old team back together again. I know that the listeners are going to be thrilled to have a different point of view back on the program, and so we're happy about that. Remind folks where they can find you. You can come shop the boutique at 8919 South Adeline Street in Yorktown, right across from the Yorktown Library. It is called Fate Style Studio. If you see the building with giant Remax letters, we are the unit right next to it that says Fate. Um, but Remax's letters are a little bigger than ours. So you can come in, shop there, get new arrivals approximately every 7 to 14 days. And as always, you can find me on Facebook at Amber Green. With an E at the end. Yeah, with an E at the end. Well, very good. Folks, you know how to get in contact with me. You can email me at khbilbury at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook or facebook.com forward slash bilbrey318. Or you can text or call the studio line at 765-546-9796. I will communicate with you in all of those ways. Please do us a favor and share the show with everyone you know. Remind folks we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. All they have to do is search for us by name, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, or they can check out the home link at perception.fireside.fm. Again, that is perception.fireside.fm. Remember, folks, all it takes for us to be better is to simply do better. We can better everything by a little bit of involvement and definitely better the government by our citizen involvement. We can, and I feel like we must do better. We can do it. I can do it. You can do it. We can help each other. There is nothing to it. Let's do it together. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys take care. God bless one and all, and we'll look forward to talking to you all again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey 318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.